um, at the end of this time we're going to be gathering around the table of the Lord. And if the table reminds us of anything, it reminds us that God loves us. And to be loved means to be chosen. And if you go away with nothing else this morning, go away with this, that because God loves you, He's chosen you. And in that sense of being chosen, it's one of the most beautiful and powerful gifts that we can receive. To know that someone loves us means that someone sees you and someone sees me as unique. If I love someone, it means that I want to be close to them. To be loved means someone believes that you and I have a significant work and role to play. And God loves us. Now we all know the flip side, sadly. We all know what it means to be unwanted, unchosen. It can be one of the most painful experiences that any of us can go through. To feel unloved and to feel unchosen and to feel unwanted. But when that rejected person is chosen by someone, it can be the most beautiful thing that can ever happen. And the table reminds us that we are loved, that we are unique, that we have been chosen because God loves you. I want you to believe that, folks, with all your hearts. I want to quote from a a book. It's called The Whisper. And this is a quote. I grew up knowing I was different and I hated it. I was born with a cleft palate. When I started school, my classmates made it clear of how I looked to them. Here's a little girl with the misshapen lip, the crooked nose, the lopsided teeth, and the gargled speech. When they asked, what happened to you? I would say I fell on a piece of glass. I was convinced no one outside my family loved me. There was, however, a teacher, Mrs. Leonard, She was short, she was round, but she was a happy lady. Now each year in our classroom, we had a hearing test. And Mrs. Leonard would take one pupil after the other, send them to the classroom door, have them turn their back on the class and on her, and she would whisper something, something like, The sky is blue. Do you have new shoes? And the person at the door with their back to the class would have to repeat back what Mrs. Leonard said. The day came when it was my turn and I was asked to go to the door and turn my back and wait till Mrs. Leonard said some words. Seven words, she said. Seven words that would change my life. Seven God-given words. Because Mrs. Leonard whispered these words, I wish you were my 
little girl. And God this morning doesn't whisper, but he's saying as loud and clear as possible, I want each one of you to be my children. We are loved. We are chosen. We are unique. And these are not my words. These are God's word himself. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in me should not perish but have everlasting life. If we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are chosen. So with that in mind, I'd like us to turn to the scripture. If you have your Bibles, you'd like to turn to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. And this is God's word for us this morning. And as I always say, this is the most important part of the service, because this is God speaking to us. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And we'll pray that God will bless that reading to us. As I said, in a few minutes we're going to be gathering around the table of the Lord to celebrate and to be reminded again of the cost of our salvation. And to do that, I want us to remind myself and to remind you, it's at this time when we gather around the table that we need to give our full 
attention to the Lord. Not just half-heartedness, but whole-heartedness. It's been said that love pays attention. So if you love someone, or if you love something, you pay attention. Let me give you a common scene in our house on a morning. There I am, watching the TV. I'm a news freak, so I like Bill Tumble and Turnbull, and I'm watching the news. Now Miriam, my dear wife, and I love her dearly, she is a morning person. There she's up and about, and this is the time that she wants to talk to me. Things that are important to her, things that are on her heart, and there she is pouring her heart out to me, and I'm fixed on it, the telly. I'm watching Bill. The news is important to me. And finally, Miriam gets frustrated. And she says, and when she calls me Rab, and she does call me Rab, I know, (laughs) time to pay attention. Rab, you're not listening to me. I can repeat every word you said, I replied. And I do. I repeat every word she said. But my lovely wife is not satisfied. And rightly so. She doesn't simply want a reply and a replay of her words. She could use a tape recorder for that. What she wants and what she desires is me to switch off the telly and to give her my full attention. And that's what I should do. Being heard is not enough. She also wants to be attended to. And that's her right. You see, attention, and I'm sure you realize this, is one of the most powerful forces in the world. It's amazing, actually. One of the most important forces in the world is that of giving attention. Now, I read this, so don't quote me on this if it's not a true fact. But along with food and water, what does a baby need the most when it is growing up? And even when it's growing up, what does a baby need? Attention. You look at any baby, it smiles at you, you smile back, it realizes someone's watching it, someone is responding to it, and that's all the baby needs. And it's so important in their life that we give children our attention. A child, it's been said, cannot survive normally without it receiving the attention of others. Because in the very act of giving attention to the baby, you're saying to the baby, you matter to me. And that's something that never leaves the baby as it grows up. Because each of us need attending to. We like attention. It's part of who we are. I was reading about a a study that was done at the university. Um, I can't remember what the university was. And at a prearranged time, the students went in and they just lounged about, they looked out the window, their eyes were here, there and everywhere. And so the lecturer just began reading his notes. He read in a monotone, 
He didn't respond to anything. It was just boring. And then at a pre-given signal, the students all of a sudden sat up, began to be attentive, began to look at the lecturer, and lo and behold, it began to affect... Now, the lecturer didn't know anything about this. It began to affect him. He became, became more energetic. His whole demure changed. And his lecture just took on a new dynamic. At another signal, the students switched back to their old role. And the lecturer sadly did the same. Now you get people standing up here, <coughs> Graham stands up here, <coughs> um, other speakers stand up here. If you give them your attention, I can guarantee you will get 110%. So when I look at you, if you give me a smile, if you give me a nod, if you say the odd amen, wow, <coughs> you'll get 110% of me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in saying that, in doing that, you're saying to me, go on, Robert, keep on going. What you're saying matters. And it does matter, not because of who I am, but because of what God wants to say. And it's good to know that people are attentive. Now, one of the miracles that I've been realizing over these last few years is this, that God pays attention to me. Now, if you knew me, you would know that I'm not anything spectacular. But the God who created the heavens, the God who created the earth, pays attention to me. And for me, that is just something that's wonderful. It just has my heart even pounding just now to realize that truth, that God is paying attention to you. He loves you that much, that he's given you his attention. And the scripture, when you read it, continues to convey that. One of the, the lovely blessings that we receive is the Lord bless you and keep you. And it goes on to say, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord lift his face toward you and give you his peace. It's all about God giving you his attention. That he turns his face toward you. You know, there's nothing more disconcerting as when you're speaking to a person and all of a sudden you see the glaze coming over their eyes and they're looking this way and that way and you know that you've lost their attention. But when someone gives you their attention, they are saying this to you, I have nothing better to do than to be with you. This is the place I would rather be more than anything. I am, be, I am devoted entirely to you. God, the scripture says, lavishes his attention on me and you. But the scripture would go further than that. And this is the amazing thing about God. That God not only turns his face towards us, not only attends us, but it makes his face shine 
When He gives attention to us, His face shines. It's the image of someone just pure delight in their lives. We've all had the moments. I can remember the first time my oldest son scored his first professional goal as a footballer. Wow, the delight! And my face. I can remember my youngest son coming home and saying, Dad, I've just won a scholarship to go to America. Wow, the delight. You couldn't hide it. I can remember many years ago, standing in a church in Belfast, and the organ struck up, and I turned around to see my lovely wife walking up the aisle. My bride. Nothing could keep the smile from my face. Nothing could stop my eyes shining at that moment. And here's the amazing part. And if you don't believe me, go to your scripture. The scripture says that that is how God pays attention to every one of us. He's at the tent of God. Graham prayed earlier that those that were going through a hard time, that they would know God's attention because when he attends he knows where you're at he knows what you're going through he's there with you that's why I read the psalm (coughs) that we just read because David thinks that if he loses the attention of God it would mean for him that he had lost everything. Nothing was worse for the psalmist than the thought that God was hiding his face from him. As I said, we all need and crave this attention. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Have you ever seen it? There's a very well-known song in that uh, movie called If I Were a Rich Man. If I Were a Rich Man. And he thinks that being rich, people would pay attention to him. That they would hang on to his every words, even although they didn't have a clue what he was talking about. And if you go into um, songs, say, and look at even all these pop songs, it's all about grasping people's attention. Because attention is very important. One of the things that people have said to me was, Robert, try and be Christ-like. And I've sought to be that as much as I can. If you look at the Gospels, and if you see Jesus, one of his strengths, one of the things that attracted people to Jesus was that he gave them his attention. (coughs) I love the story of Jesus walking along the road and he sees the blind man. That blind man who has been blind from birth. And I tried to put myself in in his um, shoes. And there he had been sitting there year in and year out. How many people had turned aside and paid attention to him? They maybe walked past and threw something in his bucket and moved on. But how many took the time to stop and give him attention Jesus was walking along the road and he stopped and gave the man his attention I'm convinced that was one of the most important days in that man's life Jesus walking along and he sees a man up a tree trying to hide 
Hey, come down, I'm coming to your house for tea. He gave people attention. As he does today, he gives us attention. Remember the woman that Jesus noticed that no one else did? Put her last in the offering pot. It made his, his, his face to shine up. One of the saddest statements I have read in the years that I've been studying was this. It was from a man called Ralph Ellison. And he was an African-American trying to live in a white society. <clears throat> and this is what he said. I am an invisible man. I am a man of substance, of flesh and blood, of fibre, liquid. I even possess, some might say, a mind. I am invisible. Understand this. I am invisible simply because people refuse to see me. You and I, and please believe this, we are not invisible to God. The scripture time and time again says that God turns his face towards us. He pays attention to us. Now part of our faith, part of our growing in our faith, <clears throat> is that we need also to be able to give our attention fully to God. We love all the attention from God. But sometimes I want to suggest to you that we forget to give our full attention to him. In Isaiah 42, it says these words, Listen you that are deaf and you who are blind, look up and see. God was saying to his people then, as he says to his people now, that sometimes we become afflicted by spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness, that we forget to be attentive to God. And Isaiah is reminding God's people that they need to learn to hear again and to see again. <clears throat> you know, the process of becoming better hearers and the process of becoming better seers is a very, very simple one. And it's interesting, the, the hymns that Graham um, <coughs> picked this morning, because it just so fit in with what I'm trying to say. So how do we hear again? How do we see again? Quite simply this, the scripture says, Be still and know that I am God. That's it. To be still so that you begin to hear again. So you're not distracted by what's going on around. Be still and know. Remember who God is. Psalm 131 says this, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. <coughs> my eyes are not raised high. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like a weaned child that is within me. You know what a child is? <clears throat> it needs to be weaned. It needs to um, come.
come off the dependence of only coming to its mother when in need. A child needs to know that a mother is not there only for immediate needs, but also all the time. And sometimes we look at God as the need meter. I'm in trouble. Something's happening. I run into God's presence. Lord, help me, help me, please. God helps me. And then we go away and we forget. And the child who has been weaned learns that that it can go to his mother at any time. And the mother will give it full attention. And if you and I are willing to respond to God's attention by giving God attention back, then I can guarantee that he will begin to take you on a journey that will be so amazing, it will be hard to believe. Turning towards God as he turns towards us. And I think it would be wrong of me to stop there without saying one other thing. The challenge of the scripture is for me and you to be Christ-like, to take on the very nature of God, to do things that God does, to do things that Christ does. And one of the things that God does is turn his head and give us attention. So if I am going to be godly, then I must take on the nature of being attentive, attentive to people. Attentive to notice things that are going on. Love remembers. We've remembered the birthday today. Isn't that good? Isn't that great? Doesn't that say something about this fellowship? That we're being attentive to you. Because you're special to us. And I think that's wonderful. Of just remembering. Oh yeah, you take two sugars in your coffee, don't you? I didn't know you knew that. Of course, you told me. Of being attentive of just as someone said love is in the details of remembering and giving that attention the way that God gives us attention to look after others as if you love them the way that God loves you I close with a a story It brought a wee tear to my eye. I must admit, I'm getting old, I think. (laughs) But this is a story that I read, and it's someone saying, My great-aunt, for many years a widow, had a love affair when she was in her 80s. Obese, balding, her hands and legs misshapen by arthritis. She didn't fit into the stereotype of a woman romantically in love but she was there was a man in his late eighties also who came into her life and he lived in a nursing home nearby but occasionally came and spent the weekend with her in trying to tell me what this relationship meant to her my old aunt told me this story one evening she had been out for dinner with friends When she returned home uh, from this evening out, her male friend called her and asked her to tell him all about what had gone on that night. And she told him about the dinner that they had, about the conversation that they had. And he listened with interest 
And then he asked this question, And my dear, what did you wear? What did you wear? And when she told me this, she began to cry. She said, do you know how many years it's been since someone actually asked me what I wore on a night out? And my great aunt was saying to me, it had been years since anyone had turned their head to her in such a way, an attentive way. Now we're going to come to the communion. It's a place where we meet the Saviour face to face. It's a very intimate place, if you're willing it to be intimate. Fortunately, the adage is true that familiarity breeds content. And sometimes when we take the, uh, the meal as often as we do, it just becomes a little bit too familiar to us. And so sometimes we need to do what the scripture encourages us to do, to be still and to know that he is God. A God who is attentive to you, a God who is interested in you, and a God who wants your attention also. This is the Lord's table. And all who know and love the Lord are invited to to join us in this wonderful feast. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. Then when the, the elements come, just simply pass them by. No one will take any notice. But if you don't know the Lord, I hope that maybe something of what has been said this morning will challenge you to see what you're missing out on in knowing this wonderful an attentive God. Let's then just for a while be still and know. You might want to close your eyes or just sit quietly. But as you do so, just drink in God's word. <coughs> Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearer is silent, he did not open his mouth. By oppression oppression and judgment he was taken away. 
and who can speak of his descendants he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people he was stricken he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer and though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering he sees his offspring and prolongs his day and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands after the suffering of his soul he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servants are justified many and he will bear their iniquities therefore I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors let's pray together let's pray Heavenly Father we again just want to thank you for reminding us Lord of who you are that you are a God who gives us your full attention and we thank you Lord that we can come now before the table a reminder Lord of your love your great love for us a reminder Lord of the extent of that love we want to thank you Lord that as we eat the bread that we'll be reminded of Jesus' broken body that as we take the wine, we'll be reminded of the blood that was spilt. Help us, Lord, to come to this table in a worthy manner. A manner, Lord, that will bring a smile to your face because we are attentive to all that you've done for us. Lord, accept our thanks and our praise for all that you do for us now. In Jesus' name. And these are Paul's words. For I receive from the Lord what I pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as obedient to his command we here this morning again just remember him as we see the bread broken. Again a reminder of the broken body given for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that again we are reminded that a sacrifice was needed. We thank you, Lord, for the precious Lamb of God who was willing, Lord, to have his body broken. We thank you, Lord, for his willingness to go and to bear the shame we thank you, Lord, for all that he has done for us. And so, Lord, as we come and take this bread, help us to do it in a manner that would be pleasing and glorifying to you. We thank you, Lord, for this sacrifice now. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. <clears throat> For whenever you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. 
Your word teaches us, Lord, that our very life is in the blood that flows through our bodies. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus willingly shed his blood, his very life, so that we might have an entrance, a way to have fellowship with you again. And so, Lord, again, as we come and take this cup, help us to do it with hearts that are grateful and hearts that rejoice of such a salvation for us. And so, Lord, again, receive our thanks for this cup. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, again, we just thank you for all that you do for us. Help us as we've contemplated on you, as we've heard your word, as we've listened to what you've been saying. Help us again, Lord, to renew our vows before you. That, Lord, that we would seek by your strength to be the people that you want us to be. And, Lord, we thank you again that your face shines upon us. And so we praise you now, in Jesus' name. Amen.